Oh, man, it, I think it is wonderful for me to share more on the gray areas regarding religion and myself. So let me start off boldly. And I may and I must admit these things to you all. Um, sometimes I feel agnostic atheism. Agnostic atheism is a philosophical position that encompasses both atheism and agnosticism. Agnostic atheists are atheistic because they do not hold a belief in the existence of any deity and agnostic because they claim that the existence of a deity is either unknowable in principle or currently unknown in fact. Sometimes I experience agnosticism. Agnosticism is the view that the existence of God, of the divine, or the supernatural is unknown or unknowable. Sometimes I experience alatrism or alatry, Greek from the privative A plus latria equals worship is the recognition of the existence of one or more gods but with a deliberate lack of worship of any deity. Typically, it includes the belief that religious rituals have no supernatural significance and that gods ignore all prayers and worship. Sometimes I experience anti-religion. Anti-religion is opposition or rejection of religion of any kind. Sometimes I experience apatheism. Apatheism is the attitude of apathy or indifference towards the existence or non-existence of God or gods. Sometimes I experience atheism. Atheism is the lack of belief that any deities exist or in a narrower sense. Positive atheism is specifically the position that there are no deities. There are, ran there are ranges from negative and positive atheism. Sometimes I experience that. Sometimes I experience Anti-theism. Anti-theism is the opposition to theism. The term has had a range of applications. It typically refers to direct opposition to the belief in any deity. Sometimes I experience deism. Deism is the philosophical position and rationalistic theology that rejects revelation as a source of divine knowledge and asserts that empirical reason and observation of the natural world are exclusively logical, reliable, and sufficient to determine the existence of a supreme being as the creator of the universe. Or more simply stated, deism is the belief in the existence of God solely based on rational thought without any, without any reliance on revealed religions or religious authority. Deism emphasizes the concept of natural theology that is God's existence is revealed through nature. And deism is the philosophical position of rationalistic theology that generally rejects revelation as a source of divine knowledge and asserts that empirical reason and observation of the natural world are exclusively logical reliable and sufficient and sufficient to determine the existence of a supreme being that's created at the universe so sometimes i do experience deism sometimes i experience free thought free thought holds that positions regarding truth should be formed on the basis of logic reason and empiricism rather than authority tradition revelation or other dogma 
Sometimes I experience ignosticism, also known as igtheism, is the idea that the question of the existence of God is meaningless because the word God has no coherent and unambiguous definition. Sometimes I experience naturalism. Naturalism is the idea or belief that only natural as opposed to supernatural spiritual laws and forces operate in the universe. Sometimes I experience secular humanism. Secular humanism is a system of thought that prioritizes human rather than divine matters. Secular humanism, often simply called humanism, is a a philosophy, belief system, or life stance that embraces human reason, secular ethics, and philosophical naturalism while specifically rejecting religious dogma, supernaturalism, and superstition as the basis of morality and decision-making. Secular humanism posits that human beings are capable of being ethical and moral without religion or belief in a deity. Um... It does not, however, assume that humans are either inherently good or evil, nor does it present humans as being spirit in nature. Rather, the humanist life stance emphasizes the unique responsibility facing humanity and the ethical consequences of human decisions. Fundamental to the concept of secular humanism is a strongly held viewpoint that ideology, be it religious or political, must be thoroughly examined by each individual and not simply accepted or rejected on faith. Along with this, an essential part of secular humanism is a continually adapting search for truth, primarily through science and philosophy. Many secular humanists derive their moral codes from a philosophy of utilitarianism, ethical naturalism, or evolutionary ethics, and some advocate a science of morality. Um, I, I would dare say that most humans are inherently good. When it comes to the brain chemistry of psychopath, many times I do think that there are few humans that are just inherently evil. So maybe the original sin concept applies to just the psychopaths, which again is like, why? I don't understand if you're a deity. How does that happen? I don't get it. And where did their, the evil come from? It better not be from any deity that's loving. Sometimes I experience post-theism. Post-theism is a variant of non-theism that proposes that the division of theism versus atheism is absolute. That God belongs to a stage of human development now past. Within non-theism... Post-theism can be contrasted with anti-theism. Secularism, uh, well, yeah, sometimes I do experience post-theism. Sometimes I experience secularism. Secularism is overwhelmingly overwhelmingly used to describe a political conviction in favor of minimizing religion in the public sphere that may be advocated regardless of personal religiosity. Yet, it is sometimes, especially in the United States, also a synonym for naturalism or atheism. Sometimes I experience being spiritual but not religious. Spiritual but not religious is a designation coined by Robert C. Fuller for people who reject traditional organized religion but have strong metaphysical beliefs. The the SBNR, spiritual but not religious, may be included under the definition of non-religion but are sometimes classified as a wholly distinct group, W-H-O-L-L-Y. And sometimes I experience theological non-cognitive 
cognitivism. Theological non-cognitivism is the argument that religious language, specifically words such as God, are not cognitively meaningful. It is sometimes considered as synonymous with agnosticism, i.g. agnosticism. Sometimes I experience transtheism refers to a system of thought or religious philosophy that is neither theistic nor atheistic, but is beyond them. The word was coined by the theologian Paul Tillich or endologist Heinrich Zimmer. Um, Zimmer applies the term to Jainism, which is theistic in a limited sense that gods exist but are irrelevant as they are transcended by moksha. That is a system that is not non-theistic, but in which the gods are not the highest spiritual instance. Zimmer, 1953, page one page 182 uses the term to describe the position of the Tirthankaras having passed beyond the godly governors of the natural order. The term has more recently also been applied to Buddhism, Advaita Vedanta, and the Bhakti movement. Wow, I learned just something new about myself. Wow, so sometimes I do experience transtheism. Hmm. Wow. And sometimes I experience irreligion or non-religion. Irreligion or non-religion is the absence of rejection of religion or indifference to it. Um... Wow. And many and sometimes I experience secularity and secularism as well. Sometimes I experience secularity. Secularity from Latin seculum worldly or of a generation is the state of being unrelated or neutral in regards to re- to religion. Anything that doesn't have an explicit reference to religion, either negatively or positively, may be considered secular. Linguistically, a process by which anything becomes secular is named secularization, and sometimes I experience that. Though the term is mainly reserved for the secularization of society, sometimes I experience that too. And any concept or ideology promoting the secular may be termed secularism, a term generally applied to the ideology dictating no religious influence in the public sphere. Sometimes I experience that. Sometimes I experience being a skeptic. Traditionally, skeptic has been used to describe a person who doubts to receive religious dogmas. However, while agnostic focuses on God questions in particular, the term skeptic expresses a broader life approach. Someone who calls themselves a skeptic has put critical thinking at the heart of the matter. Well-known skeptics like Michael Shermer, Penn and Teller, or James Randi devote a majority of their effort to debunking pseudoscience, alternative medicine, astrology, and so forth. They broadly challenge the human tendency to believe things on insufficient evidence. Australian comic Tim Minchin is an outspoken atheist who earns a living in part by poking fun at religion, but his most beloved and hilarious beat poem, Storm, smacks down homeopathy and hippie woo. Sometimes I experience being a free thinker. 
Free thinkers a term that dates to the end of the 17th century when it was first used in England to describe those who opposed the church and literal belief in the Bible. Free thought is an intellectual stance that says that opinions should be based on logic and evidence rather than authorities and traditions. Well-known philosophers including John Locke and Voltaire were called free thinkers in their own time and a magazine of three thinker has been published in Britain continuously from 1881 to the present. The term has gotten popular recently in part because it is affirmative. Unlike atheism, which defines itself in contrast to religion, free thought identifies with a, with a proactive process for deciding what is real and important. Sometimes I experience being a pantheist. As self-described humans seek to reclaim the ethical and communitarian aspects of religion, pantheists enter in on the spiritual heart of faith, experience of humility, wonder, and transcendence. They see human beings as one small part of a vast natural order with the cosmos itself made conscious in us. Pantheists reject the idea of a person, God, but believe that the holy is made manifest in all that exists. Consequently, they often have a strong commitment to protecting the sacred web of life which in which and from which we have our existence. The writings of Carl Sagan reflect this sentiment and often are quoted by pantheists, for example, in a Symphony of Science video series which mixes e evocative natural world images, atonal music, and the voices of leading scientists and has received 30 million views. Sometimes I experience being a humanist. While terms like atheist or anti-theist focus on a lack of God, belief, and agnostic, Skeptic and free thinker all focus on ways of knowing. Humanist centers in on a set of ethical values. Humanism seeks to promote broad well-being by advancing compassion, equality, self-determination, other values that allow individuals to flourish and to live in community with each other. These values drive not from revelation, but from human experience. As can be seen in two manifestos published in 1933 and 1973, respectively, Humanist leaders don't shy away from concepts like joy and inner peace that have spiritual connotations. In fact, some think that religion itself should be reclaimed by those who have moved beyond supernaturalism but recognize the benefits of spiritual community and ritual. Harvard chaplain Greg Epstein dreams of, of incubating a thriving network of secular congregations, which I think is, which I think is marvelous. I just love being truthfully honest and honestly truthful. Here are more of my feelings. Sometimes I experience strong agnosticism, also called hard agnosticism, closed agnosticism, strict agnosticism, or absolute agnosticism refers to the view that the question of the existence or non-existence of God or gods and the nature of ultimate reality is unknowable by reason of our natural inability to verify any experience with anything but another subjective experience. A strong agnostic would say, I don't know whether God exists or not, and neither do you. Sometimes I experience weak agnosticism, also called mild agnosticism, soft agnosticism, open agnosticism, empirical agnosticism, temporal agnosticism, refers to the view that the existence or non-existence of God or gods is currently unknown, but it is necessarily unknowable given the proper evidence. 
Therefore, the weak agnostic will withhold judgment on the existence of God or God until more evidence is available. A weak agnostic will say, I don't know whether God exists or not, but maybe you do. I actually experience weak agnosticism the most out of all the agnosticisms. And I do experience transtheism the most out of all of the um, variations of atheism, um, to be honest. And sometimes I experience apathetic agnosticism. Apathetic agnosticism refers to the view that there is no proof of either the existence or non-existence of God or gods. That since any God or gods that may exist appear unconcerned for the universe or the welfare of its inhabitants, the question of the divine is largely academic anyway. An apathetic agnostic like the 18th century French philosopher Denis Diderot would say, I simply do not care whether God exists or not. Sometimes I experience agnosticism again, but there's more information. Agnosticism is the assertion that a coherent definition of God must be put forward before the question of the existence of God can be meaningfully discussed. If the chosen definition is not coherent, that is not empirically testable, the agnostic holds the agnostic holds the non-cognitivist view that the existence of God is meaningless. So an agnostic would say, "I don't know what you mean when you say God ex- when you say God exists." The term agnosticism was coined by a Reformed Jewish rabbi Sharon Wine. It should be noted that A.J.A. or Theodore Drange and other philosophers see agnosticism as different from atheism and agnosticism on the grounds that atheism and agnosticism still do accept God exists as a meaningful proposition which can be judged to be false. Atheism is still inconclusive agnosticism. Sometimes I experience weak atheism. Weak atheism may also be considered a form of agnosticism since weak atheists do not deny the claim that a single deity or group of deities exist. Rather, they only refrain from assenting to theistic claims, harboring no opinion regarding the existence of deities, either because of a lack of interest in the matter, a viewpoint referred to as apatheism, or a belief that the arguments and evidence provided by both theists and strong atheists are equally unpersuasive, since both bear the burden of proof as to whether or not a god does or does not exist, respectively. There's more. Weak atheism may also be considered a form of agnosticism since weak atheists do not deny the claim that a single deity or group of deities exists. Rather, they only refrain from asserting to theistic claims harboring no opinion regarding the existence of deities, either because of a lack of interest in the matter, a viewpoint referred to as apatheism, or a belief that arguments and evidence provided by both theists and strong atheists are equally unpersuasive since both bear the burden of proof as to whether or not a a God does does not exist, respectively. Sometimes I do experience weak atheism. Sometimes, again, I experience agnostic atheism. Agnostic atheism is a view contrary to agnostic theism. The existence of God or gods is unknowable, therefore one should not believe in said God or gods. Bertrand Russell called himself an atheistically inclined agnostic. Um, and sometimes I experience agnostic theism, also called religious agnosticism, is the view of those who do not claim to know the existence of God or gods, but still believe in the existence of such a being. Some agnostic theists happily admit their ignorance humbly, so they may be able to become closer to God piously. Others, while believing the divine, may despair of ever fully comprehend what it is in which they believe. I do experience agnostic theism the most. So I experience weak atheism. No, no, no. I experience weak agnosticism the most. 
I experience agnostic theism the most. And the third feeling that I feel the most is um, transtheism. And the fourth feeling I feel the most is weak atheism. I just love to be honest about how I'm feeling many times. It's not black or white. (laughs) So there's more people. Um, Implicit explicit atheism. The terms implicit and explicit atheism were coined by George H. Smith, 1979, for purposes of understanding atheism more narrowly. Implicit atheism is defined by Smith as the lack of theistic belief without conscious rejection of it. Explicit atheism, meanwhile, is defined by conscious rejection of theistic belief and is sometimes called anti-theism. As it happens, Smith's definition of explicit atheism is also the most common among lay people. For lay people, for lay persons, atheism is defined in the strongest possible terms as the belief that there is no God. Thus, most lay people would not recognize mere absence of belief in deities. Implicit atheism as a type of atheism at all would tend to use other terms such as skepticism or agnosticism. Such usage is not exclusive to lay people, however, as many atheist philosophers, including Theodore Drange, use the narrow definition. So, yes... I sometimes I do experience implicit and explicit um, atheism. Um, and sometimes I do experience weak and strong atheism. Some writers distinguish between weak and strong atheism. Weak atheism, sometimes called soft atheism, negative atheism, or neutral atheism, is the absence of belief in the existence of deities without the positive assertion that deities do not exist. In this sense, weak atheism may be considered a form of agnosticism. These atheists may have no opinion regarding the existence of deities either because of a lack of interest in the matter, a viewpoint referred to as apatheism or belief that the arguments and evidence provided by both theists and strong atheists are equally unpersuasive. Specifically, they argue that theism and strong atheism are equally untenable on the grounds that asserting and denying the existence of deities requires a faith claim. On the other hand, strong atheism, also known as hard atheism or positive atheism, is the positive assertion that no deities exist. Many strong atheists have the additional view that positive statements of non-existence are merited when evidence or arguments indicate that a deity's non-existence is certain or probable, strong atheism may be based on arguments that the concept of a deity is self-contradictory and therefore impossible positive agnosticism, or that one or more attributes of a deity are incompatible with worldly realities. So sometimes I do experience both weak and strong um, atheism. I'm talking about the typology of atheism and the typology of agnosticism, too. I experience them all sometimes. And sometimes I experience atheism and philosophical naturalism, despite the fact that many, if not most, atheists have preferred to claim that atheism is a lack of belief rather than a belief in its own right. Some atheist writers identify atheism with a naturalistic worldview and are defended on that basis. The case for naturalism is used as a positive argument for atheism. For example, James Thoreau proposes a naturalistic interpretation of events in the world which takes nature as the paramount explanatory cause. As this worldview does not assert belief in any God beyond nature, it is therefore atheistic. 
Similarly, Julian Bajini argues that atheism must be understood not as a denial of religion, but instead as an affirmation of a commitment to the one world of nature. For Bajini, all natural supernatural causes must be dismissed. All unnatural and supernatural causes must be dismissed. For Bajini, God is just one of the things that atheists don't believe in. It just happens to be the thing that, for historical reasons, gave them their name. This variation of atheism then denies not only God or gods, but also the existence of souls and other supernatural entities. So, that is pretty much what I experience a lot of times. Um, And sometimes I do experience what is called... Um, theistic innatism, the notion that all people believe in God from birth within this view wasn't the connotation of atheist simply denial. Sometimes I feel that, um, and, um, it's very complex how I feel sometimes, you know, because, um, And it's not to disparage atheists, it's just that sometimes, you know, I'm just describing the complexities of my history with religion ever since childhood, and um, it's just not easy for me to be an experiencer of these things, and I'm not making fun of atheists at all, I'm not mocking deathbed conversion, at all, what's the best way to put it? I'm not joking about atheists mean-spiritedly when it comes to the hurtful humor of deathbed conversions and there are no atheists in foxholes. I think those things are just very hurtful um, because no one should be made fun of. And sometimes I think that maybe we all like as a child, when I say theistic innateism, I'm talking about what I felt when I was a child. When I was five years old, my grandma Clara subconsciously taught me theistic innateism. She never said those words, but I still experienced that sometimes. Like maybe we all do value God at birth, and maybe we just deny for sensitive reasons. That's something I I admit that I have experienced since childhood. I don't, I'm not sure if all people believe in God from birth um, because I've not seen any scientific data that checks it out. But when I was a child, I was taught theistic innateism by my grandma. She didn't coin that term. She never used those words. But what she would say reminds me of theistic innateism. And so, um, that's just me explaining that. Um, and I don't mean to be hurtful. And I know that it it, it it is hurtful. So I do sincerely apologize. I'm sincerely sorry. I'm not out to hurt anybody. But I know that did hurt. So I have regret and remorse. Um, it's just um, I'm sorting out what I was taught when I was a child. And... 
what I consciously feel as an adult. I experience variations of atheism and agnosticism, all of them, and I do experience all the typologies of atheism and agnosticism too. Um, because I'm, you know, I'm fully human. I don't, I, I don't believe in God all the time because I go, I, exp- I have, you know, variations and typologies of humanly diverse experiences. So I've learned to be gentle with myself in those ways. Um... That's just how I feel sometimes. Um, So this is my last statement on um, atheism and philosophy, which I experienced these things. Atheism has been historically used in two has been atheism has been historically used in two senses. One, atheism has been a label given to a broad range of perspectives, including pantheism and agnosticism, primarily by monotheists or religious authorities. These perspectives did not necessarily deny mystical or spiritual aspects of the world or of certain deities. The term atheism in this sense was coined in the 16th century to criticize positions that did not comply with the authorized views of the Christian church. The term is now extended to a wide variety of views whose contexts are quite different. For example, Baruch Spinoza was denounced and labeled as an atheist by both Jewish and Christian authorities for over a century, and Johann Gottlieb Fitch T. was expelled from university for the charge of atheism. Even Immanuel Kant, a Christian thinker, was accused of being atheistic. To materialism, this position denies the reality or existence of any deity being transcendent or imminent. It should be sharply distinguished from pantheism, agnosticism, and religious naturalism. And I must admit, I do experience pantheism. Pantheism refers to the religious and philosophical view that everything in existence is all of an all-compassing imminent God or that the universal nature and God are equivalent. Example, that all is God. There are two types of pantheism, classical and naturalistic pantheism. In equating the universe with God, Classical pantheism does not strongly redefine or minimize either term, still believing in a personal God, while naturalistic pantheism redefines him, treating God as rather impersonal as in the philosophy of Spinoza. In any case which is stressed in the idea that all existence in the universe, the sum total of all that is, was, and shall be, is of the same essence as the divine, pantheists then typically deny God's transcendence. The problem of evil, which is a problem for theism, is not a problem for pantheism in the same way, since pantheism rejects the theistic notion of God as omnipotent and perfectly good. Sometimes I feel pantheism. And I must admit, other times I feel that God is omnipotent and perfectly good. Because that's the five-year-old in me. And sometimes I do expand and sometimes I do embrace God's transcendence because that is the five-year-old within me. So, I also experience sometimes the belief in a personal God because, again, that's the five-year-old within me. And, you know, everything existence is, is of all an encompassing eminent God or that the universe and nature and God are equivalent, that all is God. The five-year-old in me rejoices over that, like, yeah, those are all true. And the classical naturalistic pantheism... Um, sometimes I experience those things. I'm fully human. So, 
it should be sharply let's get back to materialism right number two materialism this position denies the reality or existence of any deity being transcendent or imminent it should be sharply distinguished from pantheism agnosticism and religious naturalism so sometimes i do experience religious naturalism agnosticism and pantheism materialist atheism has an explicit ontological commitment for the denial of the reality of spiritual divine being in any form sometimes i experience all these things i'm reading to you about in terms of atheism and philosophy you know it says materialistic atheism challenges any position policy institution and movement that is based upon the assumption of the existence of a deity in the spiritual dimension the most radical socially effective form of materialistic atheism in, in contemporary society is marxism and its extensions Furthermore, those materialistic atheists who actively seek to undermine existing religions are sometimes labeled as militant atheists. Sometimes I feel like, you know, it's like sometimes I have militant atheist moments. Like I really don't live it out. Sometimes I feel it, but I just don't live it out because the five-year-old in me is like, but I need God. So I'm being honest about me as a child, me as an adult, and sorting out all these feelings. I'm just honest about it. Furthermore, um, during that period of communist ascendancy, militant atheism enjoyed the full apparatus of the state, making it possible to attack religion and believers by every means imaginable with impunity. That's not me at all, though. That, mm um, that, that, no, I'm a human rights person. No, not me. Never, ever. This included political, social, military attacks on beliefs and suppression of religion. Yeah, that, that's not me either. That wouldn't be me. When I say sometimes I feel like being a militant atheist, what it means is sometimes I feel like declaring it in terms of, yeah, this is how I'm feeling. But I would never do that. Is then the five-year-old in me and my love for human rights precludes me from doing that. But I must admit, I have all types of feelings sometimes. Then it says, During the age of enlightenment, atheism became the philosophical position of a growing minority, heeded by the openly atheistic words of D. Halbach. In the 19th century, atheism became a powerful political tool through the writings of Feuerbach, who claimed God was a fictional projection fabricated by man. This idea greatly influenced Marx, the founder of communism, who believed that laborers turned to religion in order to dull the pain caused by the reality of social situations. I'm not into communism, and I'm not a huge Marxist either. I just want that to be clear. Other atheists of the period include Friedrich Nietzsche, Jean-Paul Sartre, and Sigmund Freud. The overall popularity of atheism in the 19th century led Nietzsche to coin the aphorism, God is dead. By the 20th century, along with the spread of rationalism and secular humanism, atheism had become more widespread, particularly among scientists. So, the materialism atheists, it says, those who held the position include 18th century French materialists such as Julien Alfred de la Maitre, Baron de Halbach, and Denis Diderot, and their ideological successors in the 19th and 20th century, such as Louis Feuerbach. Karl Marx, Friedrich Engels, Vladimir Lenin, Joseph Stalin, and Mayo Zendong. So sometimes I do experience these things. And I don't make fun of myself for experiencing these things. Wow, practical atheism. 
and contemplative or speculative atheism. Wow. On the other hand, speculative atheism, which involves philosophical contemplation of the non-existence of gods, was often denied by theists throughout history. Wow. Practical atheism is said to be caused by moral failure, hypocrisy, willful ignorance. Atheists in the practical sense were those who behaved as though God, morals, ethics, and social responsibility did not exist. Sometimes I I had these feelings. I'm just thankful that there are etymological terms that describe what I feel sometimes. Wow. Wow. And then I want to end this episode with this. Um, Because this statement really, really touched me. It's by... um, In his book, Letters to a Christian Nation, Sam Harris wrote, In fact, atheism is a term that should not even exist. No one ever needs to identify themselves as a non-astrologer or a non-alchemist. We do not have words for people who doubt that Elvis is still alive or that aliens have traversed the galaxy only to molest ranchers and their cattle. Atheism is nothing more than the noises reasonable people make in the presence of in the presence of unjustified religious beliefs. Some atheists have challenged the need for the term atheism. There have ever been examples of the contrary, among them examples of literal atheists in foxholes. Wow. Sometimes, wow. I've thought of that for years, and don't get me wrong, I have positive views on all the people that fit all of the typologies of atheism, all the typologies of agnosticism, and all the typologies of irreligion and non-religion. I have positive views on the entire secular community, and I have positive views on the secular movement, okay? I'm not a bigot. I'm not discriminatory. I'm not prejudicial. I'm not judgmental. I'm not self-righteous. I'm admitting all these feelings, these gray areas that I'm swimming through pull-wise, there's also a position claiming that atheists are quick to believe in God in times of crisis. Atheists make deathbed conversion that there are no atheists in foxholes. I don't espouse any of that. I think that contributes to atheist discriminations, and I choose not to play any role in that human rights violation. So, there is a spectrum of theistic probability. I would say, in terms of, is there a God? I'm in the middle. I, I, I would say I'm five. Plus, it complements the age that I was when I really started getting into religion. Five. So I'm in the middle. Between one and ten, I'm about five. 